Scholars, Alex Alonso and FG here to bring you guys another banger. I'm with the Eastside General, man. And uh, hey, man, how was the weekend? Oh, man, weekend cool, man. You know what I mean? Everything good. How you doing today? Oh, man, everything's good, man. You wanted to talk a little bit about uh, where we went. Was that on Saturday? Where do we go on Saturday? Uh, man, you know, the big homie Stanley Pitts, homie, you know, passed away. So, you know, his services was on Saturday, man. So, of course, you know, out of respect and love and, you know, um, me growing up, you know, you know, um, being up under the dude, you know what I mean? It, it was only right, man, that we go pay our respects. Yeah, definitely. It was like a hell of a show out from OGs that go back to the first generation Pyrus, man. Oh, uh, no doubt, man. That, that was for me, that was wild, you know, just to even see that these dudes is, you know, doing good, man. And, 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 and you know, most of all living their life and things of that nature, man. But just I, I just don't believe that when it started, Alex, that they believed that it would. It would, you know, expand like it did, you know what I mean? And uh, But, yeah, it was good to meet these dudes, man, to see these cats, you know. Yeah, there's no telling that what they started in 1970 was going to become a global, international phenomena. You know, being one of the oldest blood neighborhoods in Los Angeles, starting right there on Piru Street on the west side of Compton, it turned into something that people around the world recognize. No doubt, but let's be clear, Alex, you know, in the original intent, you know, wasn't to be what it came to be. You know what I mean? You know, back then, you know, even when I was coming up, you know, um, you know, the street life and the gang life was basically about protecting your neighborhood. You know what I mean? It was all about protecting the neighborhood. And when people came to your neighborhood, you made sure that, you know, Miss Johns can walk to the store and the little kids can play on the streets. You know what I mean? So you held your neighborhood down. You know what I mean? So I, I believe that a lot of people that, you know, don't know the history of, you know, um, you know, why we was repping a set from, you know, in the beginning, you know, I think sometimes they get it twisting with just, you know, violence and negativity. And, 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 and in actuality, that wasn't the reason it started. You know what I mean? So I just wanted to be clear on that. But at the same time, man, it did lead to what it was, man. And like you said, it became a global phenomenon, man. And, and I just know that, you know, these dudes didn't know that it would take off like that. Yeah. One of the stories that I hear is that the Pyro Street Boys was minding their business back in 1970, 71. And it was the Crips that used to come down there and try to tell them what to do and how to do it. And they was just like, hey, hold up. We, we got our own thing over here. We, you know, we the Pyro Street Boys. We're not trying to be nothing else but the Pyro Street Boys. And because of that Crip movement into their area, that's when the conflict started. And, you know, so they didn't really go out looking for conflict in the first generation. It came to them. Uh, no doubt, you know, but that Crip movement was something something else, though. You know, they they it took off like a whirlwind, man. And they was they was, you know, uh, uh, smashing everything in their way. And you either going to get on board or you're going you gonna to get out the way. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's exactly how it was, man. But like I say, man, it's crazy how after all these years, after 50 years or more, you know, that, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, 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 these factions are still around, man. And unfortunately, you know. Um, a lot of it then took a turn for the worst based on, you know, because the violence has came, you know, used to didn't be, you know, a lot of fighting it used to be, you know, you fighting over territory. Somebody might get stabbed or hit with a stick or bat or something. But, you know, it, it, now these dudes are just totally different, you know, but at the same time, man, you know, it was good to meet the, the originators, man. And, you know, just have a talk with them and, 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 and be able to, you know, um, say that where I come from, homie, I know the founders I've met them. I've, you know, spent some time with them, man. And that's what it was for me. Yeah, man. I'm actually going to say, uh, I had an opportunity to meet LB Lorenzo Benton and face to face. Now this is a brother that I've known for probably a decade because we used to correspond with each other back and forth in prison. 
but we never actually was face to face until that day. I had a chance, opportunity to go holler at him. And, uh, you know, we had a cool conversation and bro was down since 1976. So I don't know how many years he did. He got out last year. What's that like 40 something years, man? So yeah, I think he did 44, man. You know, that's a very long time. You know, a lot of people on streets and scholars, you know, say, you know, it's no it, for nothing in the world would they do that kind of time or, you know, do any do something to to get that kind of time, man. But, you know, like I say, man, these guys were line pushers in Compton back in the early 70s when the Crips was coming through like a whirlwind, man. And, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and you know, things happen, you know. So, you know, like I say, I'm not sitting here glorifying the negative aspect of it but when it started man they was holding down their side you know compton you know for show you know making sure that you know the buck stops here man and you know you and, and uh so you know but big lb man is definitely man you know one of the originators so man yeah it was it was good meeting him again as well yeah man so uh yeah it was it was a great uh meeting of all kind of cats from all different types of generations and uh you know rest in peace to the OG Stanley Pitts, man. And I, I, I always, every time his name comes up now, the first thing I think about is reading your paperwork, man, because they actually was talking about him in your paperwork. I just can't get over. They had a whole little paragraph on him. You know, he had nothing to do with your case, but they, the feds felt like they needed to throw him in there. Hey, man, you know, that's how they do it. You know what I mean? And speaking of, we got some, the feds have been highly active. And, you know, I remember the feds didn't come around like that. The feds was on, you know, working on the mafia and working on, you know, big crime, you know. And and, and it's crazy how today, Alex, they like local police. You know what I mean? They infiltrate neighborhoods and they swarming around the neighborhoods getting, you know, dudes who, you know, I felt that they shouldn't be, you know, going to the feds for what they're going for, man. But these feds is just, they just they just changing the game up, man, and just coming straight to the hood to get you, you know. So it, it wasn't like that back in the day. You really had to be an organized crime syndicate or, you know, some kind of, you know, a uh, 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 big time, you know, uh, um, gang organization. But now, man, you can just be an individual, man, and they they getting all the information, man, they can even on everybody. So it's crazy how they how they doing it nowadays. Yeah, the the feds are using RICO on neighborhood gangs and we all know rico was designed for the italian mafia it was designed i believe 1970 it, th those laws were written for the five crime families the, the rico was specifically for the mafia and now i mean your hood can get hit with a rico now which is crazy no no doubt you know what i mean that's why we get on here and we preach what we preach and you know i get on my channel and i say what i say you know and and, and watching some of the things that's happening now we hoping that these dudes are seeing that how easy it is, you know, I mean, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't learn from nothing else, go check out the Matt Ronald case. You know what I mean? It's a classic example of, you know, and even though that was a Georgia State Rico, it's a classic example, man, how they'll pull you in, make you out to be something, you know, and, 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 and then book you on. it. So, you know, y'all got to be careful out there nowadays, man. Yeah. And speaking of Matt Ronald, he's, he's serving his time now in the state of Georgia. He's at his penitentiary. Uh, I just shot him a few dollars through, through um through the method that that he asked for um and if you're interested you want to support the homie you know because matt ronald been on this internet trying to he's been trying to preach you know since the beginning of when he jumped on the internet and i could sit here and say he's 100 percent innocent of uh those charges but he had to take that five-year deal because he didn't want to take that 30 year or 20 years or 25 years whatever they were trying to give him 
because uh, he, he ain't never stepped a foot in Atlanta in Georgia. Right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy that th- these Ricos and these conspiracy laws can can get you caught up like that. And I still think people are a little confused on how easy it is to get caught up in a conspiracy. Man, it's easy. As, well, this is the thing about it. The problem is that um, 30 years ago, you would have asked a homie, you know, to they wouldn't even know how to get in touch with the FBI. You know what I mean? You know, didn't even have no um, way to get in touch with the FBI. You know what I mean? So now, you know, these dudes are, are like Alex. These dudes are really connected to FBI agents. You know, they really can call or text an agent on his phone. You know, like I said, just so much different now, man. You know, they can they can email them and, and, and all these things, you know, so they getting firsthand information off the street when it wasn't like that 30, 40 years ago. You know, um, so that's the problem. You know, it, it's not the feds. You know, I'm always say, you know what I mean? Me, me, me personally, I don't think the feds is no, uh, uh, um, do no hell of a job at the investigating. You know what they do, man, is they do. I mean, when I'm, I'm talking about in the inner, in, in the hoods, what they do, homie, is they just get somebody that's going to tell them everything. You know what I mean? They don't have to do no all the time, put no hell of a investigative uh, devices nowhere and all that. You know, they they, they got a homie that's going to tell them everything right then and there, man. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we're going to talk about a couple of Fed cases today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Lil Boosie, who just got out, that he's on he's under a federal case. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Brooklyn rapper Casanova, who he's under a federal case as well. We're also going to uh, talk a little bit about YNW Melly. John Morant's uh, NBA suspension for 25 games. And then they hit Taxstone, the podcaster from New York City, with 35 years. We're going to get into all of that. But I wanted to also shout out um, another person that passed a few, a couple weeks ago is uh, Babo Braulio Castellanos. He's a well known dude from Florence 13. He was, uh, he was a member of the Mexican Mafia. And he just recently and he was doing a life sentence. So the CDC released him on compassionate, uh, compassionate release because of a medical, a medical situation in May. And what about a month later, he died. So I guess the CDC, the doctors of the CDC knew they knew he was going he was going to die shortly. So they let him out. And um, he was the one that was very instrumental in the the truce between the East Coast Crips and the Florence 13s. In fact, he's the one that started the whole thing. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what's up. You know, I heard his name, you know, I didn't actually know much about him, um, but I had heard his name over the years, man. And and, I, and like you said, I did hear that he was influential and, you know, and trying to get that, uh, that beef, you know, uh, 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 you know, I ain't going to call it settled, but you know, they came to agreement that they wasn't going, you know, be, be so active with it. You know what I mean? And, and if he definitely did that, man, I mean, you know, to be honest with you, that's, that's, that's a win-win, you know. So um, I, I never can go against that, man. When somebody talk about bringing peace together between some rival, you know, neighborhoods, you know, and uh, man, that's 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 really what's up. It need to be more people out there that's instrumental, and you know. And I know it's a lot of bad blood and a lot of bloodshed over the last fifty years, man. But at the same time, you know, man, we got to start looking at and, and, and waking up, and you know, and trying to, you know, bridge this gap, man. You know, and try to do the same thing he did. Yeah, man, I was hoping that this was going to create like a whole movement between Mexican gangs and black gangs in L.A. Because after that truce, when when that truce took place, I reached out to Babo because he had a he had a burner phone in his cell at Solano prison. And um, 
I asked him if he could do some other truces. So eventually we did the truce between the neighborhood Pyrus, Queen Street and Inglewood with the I-13s because they had been going at it for I don't know how long they've been going at it. But, um, hey, we did the same thing with the that the East Coasts and the Florences did. And uh, he made that happen, which was incredible. And then once I, once that happened, I was like, oh, we're about to bring all these all these sets together. And, you know, it was a trip. There's a lot of people was upset saying that. How can you bring black and Mexican gangs? And this was something that little Doc Thorne from East Coast went through. How can you how can you even start a truce between a Mexican and a black when you still got black on black conflict still going on? Well, you got to look at it like this. You know what I mean? Sometimes the way your neighborhood is bordered, it may not be bordered with just one gang. It may be bordered. You know, you you have multiple enemies when you out there. You know what I mean? And, 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 and you know, uh, you may be able to bridge the gap between an enemy on one of your borders, but but not quite with the enemy on the, the next border. You know, but at the same time, man, when you get to talk about saving lives and saving kids lives, it, it, it really don't matter. You know, um, so if you was able to line it up, you know, with the you know, Mexican gangs first, you know, and um, and get that truce done, you know, and, and you know, you guys can drive to their neighborhood to go to the supermarket or, you know, they can do the same and things of that nature. They mama can come over and go to the bank over in your neighborhood and things of that nature, man, then that's all for the good. So at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people think black and brown, but it's sometimes homie is, is, is man on man, you know, so if you could stop some, some, some killing, stop some violence, you know, coming from any, any, um other you know race or 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 ethnicity then um shit that's all for the good man yeah and you know i'm not um i'm i'm not like naive to to think that oh babo um babo was doing this completely out of the goodness of his heart maybe he was maybe he wasn't it didn't really matter to me because he was doing it and he was doing something that nobody else in the Mexican mafia was doing. So, uh, you know, I, I, I commend him for what he did um, in 2019 and uh, he completely supported it. And here's another thing that, you know, I had a lot of conversations with Bobo. One of the conversations I had, and this goes back to the feds. He, and, I, and I think this is what really motivated him to want to do this truce. He said the FBI came to his cell in Solano and and said that the conflict between the East Coasts and the Florences is just getting out of control. There's too many innocent people dying on both sides because we don't often talk about this. But a lot of times you don't get your man. You you get, you know, the bystander or right, you, right, right, or you right. think he's a crip, but he ain't a crip. Or you thought he was an essay and he wasn't. So the, right. So the feds took photos of all these victims and and to his cell and said, this is your fault, man. And I think he realized that if he didn't clean, if he didn't stop this, they were going to reindict him and he would end up being in Florence, Colorado, like they'd done to, to so many other inmates. So he actually told me he enjoyed living his life in Solano and he did not want to go to to the feds. He actually feared being sent to Florence, Colorado, man. Have you ever heard crazy stories about what life is like in Florence, Colorado? Yeah, no doubt. You know what I mean? A big homie, a uh, big age from Lewis Park. He was over there in uh, <clears throat> Florence and ADX, you know, over there with Larry Hoover and them, man. You know, so I got to sit down with him and uh, he told me plenty of stories about it. You know what I mean? I believe uh, the homie from East Coast I was in Victorville with, he was down there for a minute, you know, and uh, and uh, 
So, yeah, I heard dudes that was personally down there, man. You know, and the thing about it is, like you say, when you're doing, you know, a stretch, man, you know, you don't want to do your time like that, you know. But at the same time, I I ain't going to use the term to say he was scared. I I must use the term Alex and say he just didn't want to have to, you know what I mean, go down there and deal with that bullshit when he was comfortable where he was at, you know, because it's clear this dude was a was a was a reputable dude. You know what I mean? So, you know, um. You know, of course, who want to go down there in the cold and, and, and deal with that and your family still in California and things of that nature. But if he was able to really pull some strings and pull this together, man, then, hey, you know, that's what's up. Yeah, I, de- I definitely wasn't using the word fear in the literal way, just the, the the idea of being there, because I know for a fact this dude feared nothing throughout his whole life. You know, he already established, proved that that, uh, you know, he was with the business from day one. He was sentenced to life back in 1988. So uh, I use it in a in in a non literal sense, but um, I w- I just wish more people like Bobo would step up, um, more people because we can't talk about Black Brown. You know, there's a lot of people on the internet talking about, oh, I'm, I support Black Brown, I support Black Brown, but the only way you can even make a dent on this Black Brown is tapping in with people from from prison on the on the Mexican side because it, it ain't gonna happen without the support from the guys in prison and i don't i don't see any of these guys that support black brown tapping in with anybody in prison to get the movement going no no doubt but it ain't an easy task to do you know it's something that's a tedious operation it's a tedious you know uh, uh, a technical thing that you know you got to navigate through and the thing about it is you know Everybody out here living their life, Alex. Everybody out here, you know, now it's a me, me, me. You know what I mean? It's not about the homie no more. You know, we grew up, bro, you know, your your homie was your brother. And, and, and you showed that because you put your life on the line for him. You know, now it's just the demographics is different. You know what I mean? And the, and the uh, it's, it's not like people care like that anymore. They say they do, but they don't show it. They don't send their own homies Fifteen dollars in jail. You know what I mean. They don't get. They don't make a list and say, "Okay, I got a hundred bucks. I'm gonna send five people twenty dollars." You know, they don't even do that with their own with their family. So you know, to try to get the thing going with the with the with the with the truth or the, or with the brown. You know, I, I get it. It's a it's a tedious thing. But like you say, uh, some people out they don't care enough. They say they do, but they don't. You know what I mean? So. Uh, but it could it could be done if somebody just you know really took the measures and pushed that push and fought that fault fight that fight. But you know at the same time, like I say, man, everybody claim to be living their lives and don't don't care like they used to. Yeah, man, I actually reached out to Bobo on the 18th Street conflict with the Bloods, and uh, he said, "All right, let's make it happen." And I tapped in with two of the shot callers over there. I don't want to say shot callers, but let me say two of the more influential guys in the jungles um, who were both uh, just both passed on us. Lil Bop got killed and, um, and um, Kaz died. And these two guys actually came to a meeting uh, and we talked about, Hey, are you guys down to end the beef with 18th street? Cause it started in the jungles. So if the jungles wasn't on board, then it wasn't going to happen. And we got to having a few conversations, man. And then, you know, it, COVID hit, and now we bought we lost both of the dudes from the jungles, man, that were the, the influential voices over there. But it doesn't mean it can't happen, man. Hopefully, maybe some of those guys in prison are listening and say, hey, you know, I want to step up the way Bobo did and uh, bring bring some some peace to some of these neighborhoods in Los Angeles, man. And if and if you do, if you if you're down with it, reach out, reach out to me. Give me a call and I'll definitely uh, do my best to make it happen. So uh, that's what's up. All right. So let's talk about uh uh YNW Melly man remember last week I told you that the defense attorney kind of had a theory that he presented to the jury I didn't get to uh to play that clip 
I didn't have it cued, but I want to play that clip and then get your reaction to it because um, it, it is interesting because he kind of low key, the lawyer is, I guess. But you, at the same time, you got to say that YNW Melly's agreeing to this uh, strategy. But um, let me play this clip and get your whole opinion on it. Um, but here we go. Those were not Mr. Demon's lies. Those were his lies. Courtland Henry shows up at Memorial Hospital, Miramar. You don't see him sitting there, but where you will see him sitting is in the driver's seat of a car with two dead bodies, car riddled with bullets. And when he shows up, he shows up with a change of clothing, change of shirt, gunpowder residue on his hands, evidencing that he had discharged a firearm. <clears throat> and he lies. <coughs> he lies about where the incident occurred. He lies about how it occurred. And he lies about not having a phone. I think it was Miss Bradley herself who said, everybody has a phone in his pocket, not Cortland Henry. There were three phones in that car. There were three people in that car. Okay. Cortland Henry, I guess, is Bortland. YNW, YNW uh, Bortland. Oops. So he was basically trying to establish that if anyone did anything here, <laughs> it definitely wasn't YNW Melly. It was probably uh, the Bortland guy, man. <laughs> what do you think of that strategy? Um, I don't like it, but I mean, I don't like it. You know, um, anytime you insinuate something about somebody else, I don't like it. Um, it could be other ways that you could say that your your man, you know, didn't do this and 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 couldn't have did that. But you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, it seemed like they kind of pointing pointing stuff in a direction over there with Borland. You know what I mean? And um, that's something, man. That uh. I can't I can't agree with I can't get on board with that. You know, and then, like I say, you sit there and say my client didn't, you know, have a gun, you know, or my client, you know what I mean? Uh, fingerprints weren't nowhere near it. But to insinuate this, my co-defendants was, you know, I, I don't feel that strategy. All right. Let me offer you a, a, a theory on this, because mm -hmm. both uh, YNW Melly and Bortland were able to get their cases severed from each other they're not sitting and that was that was strange too though yeah well that's usually a a, a request made by the defense you, you, if you're mm -hmm. on the defense you never want to go to trial with your co-defendant together because it just he can make you look bad you can make him look bad so you, right and then they add it all up and hit y'all together yeah so they were able to get these their uh, cases severed from each other and perhaps they talked about this. Maybe both Melly and Bortland talked about it, saying, hey, we were successful to get our cases severed. When you go to trial, throw me under the bus. When I go to trial, I'll throw you under the bus because that's our best way out of this. Because what, whatever he says about Bortland in this case does not hurt Bortland when he goes to trial. And, and he's not saying it. This is defense attorney saying it in opening statements. But it's at least and they're going to get a different jury when Bortland goes to trial. So they'll get a whole nother jury. With, and they're going to hear all different evidence. So if they talked about this as a strategy and they plan this out, then how do you look at it that way? I mean, you know, I, I, like I say, I still don't like it. You know, I've seen the situation firsthand and we's in the in the feds. Right. So uh, one of the homies from uh, East Coast went to the uh, six, nine East Coast, went to the law library, found some paperwork on um, uh, one of the crib partners out of Dago. 
you know, and and so thing about it is they had five co-defendants on on that case and from, from Dago. Um, four of the co-defendants was on the yard with us, you know. So the homie found paperwork that one of the dudes made statements on his brother. So he brought the shit to the yard, you know, talked to a few people. So they approached, you know, approached the homies from Dago. You know, I, I fucked with them. They're good dudes. And uh, so what happened was, man, the, the older brother told the little brother, you put it on me. And so you can go out there and take care of moms. Mom's sick. You go out there and take care of mom. You just tell them it was me, homie. I go do the time, homie. You go home. You know, unfortunately, it didn't work. You know what I mean? One of them got like 35 and then the little brother got like a dub. You know what I mean? So in the paperwork, it says that, you know, I said my brother, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So that would be interpreted as telling, you know, but when you talk to the two dudes who involved, hey, bro, if that's what they agreed to, homie, that's what they agreed to. You know, and the rest of their co-defendants, at least three or four more of them is on the yard. You know what I mean? That that ain't that's you know, they had they pack on whatever they had they pack on. So this is a similar situation if that happened. Only thing about it, you know what I mean? You know, you're talking about a, a death penalty case. You're talking about a life sentence case. You're talking about a murder, two murders, actually, you know, and they not in trial together. You know what I mean? And one not saying, put it on me and out. It's a different circumstance. I'm not going to throw you under the bus, man, under no circumstances. I'm not going to agree to that. But if that's what they agreed to, then how can I say what, you know, what 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 they strategy look like? Because it's just them two. You know what I mean? It, it's, if, if Melly say, dude, ain't telling on me or, or, or Bortland say, no, nah, he didn't tell on me, homie, I, we good. Then that's between them. You know, who am I to, you know, say something about it, to be honest with you. Plus, they got uh, footage of Bortland either dropping the victims off at the hospital or driving his car to the hospital or leaving the hospital. So is there, there's a certain amount of evidence that is overwhelming towards Bortland. So, uh, you know, I, I, and I'm just throwing that out as a theory. I don't know if, if they discussed this prior. I don't know if the attorneys all discussed this, that that's what they're going to do. But it seems like a, a good strategy, especially since they were able to get their cases severed from each other. So that means they could say whatever against the other person. And then when he goes to trial, he could say whatever about Melly, And it doesn't hurt them because they have separate trials. See, I don't believe that because I still believe that in some kind of way, some kind of circumstances, those papers, you know what I mean, or those testimonies and, and, and the things that his lawyer insinuate will be brought back up, whether it's on TMZ, whether it's on Streets and Scholars, whether it's on any any anything on the Internet. So those jurors that the new jurors can actually, you know what I mean, you know, they got access to Internet, too, even though they're not supposed to use it. Come on, man, you know, they still using their phone and looking up shit. So at the end of the day, then, like you say, you know, for me, I'm not cool with it at all if Melly's attorney insinuated anything that 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 Bortland did, you know, and his client didn't do. You know, like I said, if he insinuated anything about Bortland, I'm not cool with that at all, by far. Now, if he just said, no, you know, my client wasn't at the hospital, you know what I mean? You know, so, yeah, that leaves insinuation that, okay, Somebody took him, you know, maybe it was Bortland, but he's saying my client didn't take him. But if you saying it, if you go back and look, it's only Bortland that's at the hospital. If you get to doing that, man, I'm not cool with that. That's just me. Well, uh, we'll we'll see how it works out, because if, if YNW Melly's found not guilty and then Bortland goes to trial and he could say whatever he wants against. Now, he he could throw YNW Melly completely under the bus because he's he's already found not guilty. It doesn't hurt him. So how, how would you feel about, let, let's say YNW Melly's found not guilty. And when Bortland goes to trial, 
his strategy is to put the gun just to say everything on YNW Melly, even though he's found not guilty, he'll never be charged again because of the double jeopardy. I think it's a it's a great strategy. I just don't feel it. You know what I mean? If it work, you know, it work. Um, that's between them, you know, but but I, I, me personally, I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't even agree with my attorney to take that route. You know what I mean? Because at the same time, if Melly get off and Borland get a life sentence, guess what the next headline is going to be? You know what I mean? Melly told, you know, and that's just going to be that. You know, he may not care. You know, like you say, fighting the death penalty, he fighting for his life. You know, people change under those circumstances. You know, a lot of people can hold up against 5, 10, 20 years. You know what I mean? But when you get to talk about that life sentence, bro, you know, um, it's, it's a different, it's a game changer. Okay. So, uh, one more, one more issue with YNW Melly, his, uh, other counsel, this female, the female defense attorney on his legal team, her name is, uh, Raven Liberty. Uh, ever since his, uh, motion was denied for a mistrial, her, her mugshot from a few years ago popped up from a domestic violence case. Uh, do you think this hurts YNW Melly? Because now it's all over the internet that his defense, one of his defense attorneys, uh, got charged for uh, domestic violence. Now, this case was ultimately dismissed, so she doesn't have any convictions. She didn't go to prison. It was just an arrest, um, and then they dismissed the case. But how, how does that make his uh, legal team look in your eyes? Um, no, nah, it don't make it look bad to me, man. You know, look, look, we human beings out here, you know, things happen, you know what I mean? Me personally, I wouldn't care if she had a rest from a fight from high school and she whooped somebody ass and went to jail. You know, people do change over the years. She would have went on, got her degree, you know, got her law degree, you know, became a stand up citizen. You know what I mean? So me personally, I wouldn't hold that against, against them. I would, we, you know, of course, everybody gonna make the jokes. Of course, that's not going to stop. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and I did laugh at a bunch of the, the comments that I've seen, but for me personally, she wasn't even charged. They did take her mugshot. It is, it's, it's nothing for me, Alex, you know, be, you know, it's nothing for me. I, w I wouldn't look at the case no different. I wouldn't look at her uh, integrity no different. Yeah, let me just read a brief uh, paragraph here from an article written on uh, posted to the Hip Hop DX website. It says that that uh, YNW Melly's lawyer has gone viral due to a mugshot mugshot surfacing online with many fans implying that the rapper's legal counsel is in jeopardy. The mugshot of Raven Liberty <laughs> emerged on social media shortly after Melly's counsel was denied its motion for a mistrial during court on Tuesday. Liberty had previously been arrested for a battery in Miami, which resulted in a mugshot being taken. The charges were dropped, but fans unearthed the photograph and began trolling Melly as a result. Um, let's see here. Yeah, that's about it. Um, I, yeah, I agree with you, FG, that it, it should not have any impact. But, the, you know, we think differently. You know, what if the middle class, the middle class white person on the jury learns about this story? Mm -hmm. They're not going to think the way we think, man. I mean, everybody not a criminal, Alex, just because they got a mugshot, you know. But it is some citizen people out there that feel, you know, for one, they're they not going to just talk about her. For one, they have a problem with her defending a, a guy like Melly, defending a guy like Boosie, defending the guys, you know what I mean, who who commit crimes or who are accused of committing crimes. And uh, that's what they have a problem with more than anything. You know, I hear a lot of people that say attorneys, man, you know, a piece of shit. You know what I mean? That's how they feel, because but everybody is, is, is has the right to counsel. Everybody has a right to fight their case. You know, unfortunately, everybody is not guilty, you know, and 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 and. um 
So, you know, yeah, you do have those people. You do have people in, you know, in, in all races that's going to say, oh, she's a criminal herself. You know what I mean? They're going to say that. But in, in actuality, bro, you know, just like I know, you know that uh, things can happen, man. You can get accused of something you definitely didn't do and and uh, your mugshot taken. And, um, and, uh, and, and, and like now it comes back all these years later, man. And, you know, people got jokes and, and opinions about it, but you know, I, I don't. Hey, let's move on to Boosie. Since you mentioned Boosie, man, um, he was denied bail last week, but the judge granted bail for Boosie and he should be released. He should be released, uh, out of custody by now. I'm not sure if he's actually out, but he was granted a $50,000 bail for this uh gun this gun case and what's crazy about it is the prosecutor in this case said that boosie is a flight risk and should not be released but the, his defense attorney said he's been coming to court on time every time he was expected to be here for 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 this gun case and he's never been late so how is he a flight risk and some of these uh federal prosecutors man i think they're a little bit aggressive Oh, no doubt, bro. You know, that's the first thing they're going to say, man, is somebody's a flight risk. You know, somebody's a flight risk. Boots, he's been here probably his whole life, man. You know, and I say here in the United States, you know, and uh, and uh, not to mention, you know, he, he's not from California. So therefore, you know, he's he's in federal custody in another state. You know, his family, go, you know, not going to be able to just come see him. His attorneys, you know, probably going to have to fly out here or uh, hire some attorneys from California. You know, so it's a, it's a difficult uh, 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 get down. You know, one thing about Boosie, they know he that they went back and 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 looked at his situ all his situations. If he didn't have no, you know, um, n not re uh, uh, going to court from cases way back ten years ago, fifteen years ago, if all his good court dates are in standing, man, they look at all that and take all that into consideration. You know, not to mention it's a gun case, Alex. You know what I mean? It's a gun case. You know, I mean, it's not like he got a body or, you know, something, you know, it, it, attempted murder or nothing. It's a gun case. Now, let that dude out of there. He coming back to fight that, you know. So um, I, I, I'd be surprised at how the prosecutors want to hold a dude over over a pistol, you know, and 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 um, but that's their job. man. they don't want to see you that, you know, they're going to they're going to try to lay you down. Yeah, man. Uh, according to San Diego News, uh, Local 10 cns san diego it says here the louisiana-based rapper boosie badass was arrested in san diego last month for allegedly being a felon in possession of a gun what is expected to be released from federal custody following a judge's order tuesday granting him bail the 40-year-old rapper torrence hatch was initially charged by state prosecutors following his may 6 arrest during a traffic stop in the cholas view neighborhood Hatch was in San Diego to film a music video and perform later that night. Uh, according to one of his attorneys, Megan Blanco, Hatch was prepared to plead guilty in the state case and was expected to be sentenced up to probation. However, the state case was dismissed. And following a court appearance last week, Hatch was arrested on newly filed federal charges. So uh, my question to you, FG, do you really believe that the state was just going to give him probation? And was that just all a ruse just to make get him in court feeling good? And and it's just so that the feds can get him into custody? No, not at all. I don't think it's a ruse. I mean, it is possible. You know, I mean, technically, you know, uh, in California and other states, you know, you got ex-con with a gun, you know, you know, you're usually going back to prison, you know. But uh, lately, I ha I've seen dudes, you know, um, that been out of jail for so long, 
you know, um, um, get deals like that. I mean, I'm sure he got the high, high power lawyer. I'm sure they looked at the ethics and which they arrested him. You know, I'm sure they took all that into consideration and maybe a judge was going to give him probation just based on how they got him. You know, he wasn't out in the street waving it around. He wasn't, you know, so, so they could have took all that into consideration, man, and hit him with a possession and just say, you know what, we will give him probation. Sometime when they give you that probation, they give you that probation with the intent of, we know he's going to fuck up again. You know what I mean? You know, so sometimes, you know, but um, like you say, you know, this is Boosie Badass. You know, um, feds may say this is our opportunity, if nonetheless, and, and and that's how it goes. Okay, so then if what you're saying is true, the Fed, let's say he really was going to get that probation. He was really going to get released on probation. That means the feds probably saw that sentence and said, you know what? That sentence is a little too light for Boosie. We're going to take over this case. Because we want to give him a heavier sentence. Is that possible then? Oh, highly possible. But the thing about it is they do it every day in the streets. You know what I mean? They do it every day in neighborhoods across Los Angeles, you know, and, and other states, you know. So, um, to, like I say, to me, it's no it's no biggie. It's standard operating procedures that I've seen happen many a times. And like I say, you, you, you they made their decision, man, we want this dude. This is our opportunity. Went to the state, let us get that, you know what I mean? And, you know, and they dropped it, you know. And and uh, I think I, be, I, I think uh, as soon as I heard he dropped it, I, I was like, oh, shit. I, you know, because I seen this move, I kind of felt that it, uh, it was going to go in this direction. Yeah. So um, we don't we don't know. We don't know all of the the charges that he could be facing, but I was thinking about. If they can prove that he brought a gun from where he lives in Louisiana to California, isn't that an additional charge for for transporting a pistol across state lines? Well, how can how can you prove that he actually did the transfer over the state lines? You know, who's to say one of the homies in Cali didn't pull up on him and slide him slide it to him? You know what I mean? Um, they got all those. Um, laws in effect but i'm gonna be honest with you man the feds really be tight on they 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 shit you know what i mean they don't go in there and just throw it like the state throw a bunch of shit up against the wall and see what stick they're gonna charge you what they feel gonna stick you know so transferring over state lines is something that can't be proved you know um you know the gun was pretty much made somewhere else but you can't prove i brought it here you know these guys are entertainers man you know and don't get me wrong I don't feel a guy in Boosie status can walk around without a strap. You know what I mean? You know, I know regular dudes can't walk around without one. You know, so he going around, look, Alex, from state to state, city to city, doing shows. You know, of course, his security should, you know, be heated. You know, no doubt. You know what I mean? But um, but when you a certain dude, man, you're going to be like, I can hold my own pistol. You know what I mean? You know, and uh, as well as my security, you know, so I, I get it 100 percent. And I think sometimes these prosecute. I mean, when I ain't going to say the property judges and jurors, they get it. You know what I mean? This, this dude traveled from city to city making a living. He's a he's a he's a known shit talker. You know what I mean? He could have somebody who have a problem with him. You know, this is, is his profession, you know. And uh, so I, I believe they'll take some of that into consideration as well. You know, did he need one? Yeah. Uh, 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 was he licensed to have one? No. You know, so, um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, they they you know, they got a conscience and they look at all that, but they still going to try to book you when they want you. Now, here's another question that I have for you, FG. Um, now. The feds are taking over the state case. So this is it's all about, uh, I guess, having this pistol 
showing in a video that was posted to social media. But then when they pulled him over, didn't they actually find the gun in the car as well? So there's a gun in his waistband um, on his backside. But then they um, also caught him with a gun in the car. So does that mean that the, the the gun in his waistband, they don't have to worry about proving it whether it's real or not because they they got that gun when they when they pulled him over? Well, to me, if they ain't, they ain't read the serial numbers from this picture right here, then how you going to say it's a gun that, you know, expert gunman can come in there and say, man, it's 1,700 models, you know, or, or, or this gun, you know, sold a, a million copies. You know what I mean? So you can't just say that that was the exact same gun. You can't say this is a real or fake gun. The problem I have, this video right here, was this a live video or somebody, this was a recorded and uploaded later? Because my whole thing is this. Why is, why is, if you saw that he had a heat in his back, why is you filming that he got the heat? Move the camera around so you can't see that. And this this why we talk about friends and people around you and, you know, and, and homies and cameramen and, and things of that nature. Man, if I'm somewhere filming, man, and I see somebody, I'm turning the camera so fast, you know, and that's just how it is. It seemed like, you know. I mean, Alex, I can't say, man, it, it, the, 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 the police department, the feds or whoever didn't have no inside help on this situation, man. It just it's just or, or, or you just dealing with reckless people, you know, but for this this image right here to be seen, you know, which I feel his shirt should have been over it or he should have had a longer shirt on and things of that nature as well. But uh, why is your filming this, you know? Yeah, I don't know if this was a live video. If it was a live video, then there's really nothing you could do about it. But I, I noticed the the video was posted on May 7th, and this whole thing happened on May 6th. Now, I don't know if there's another video that maybe was live, and this person that posted it on May 7th just reposted right, right. it. Right, right, right. So uh, that question, I don't know. But apparently when he got pulled over, though um, – they now let me ask you this do you it must have been live because didn't the san diego pd decide we're gonna pull this guy over based on what we're seeing him doing live that's what i heard you know that's the, the assumption that i got out of it you know that they seen him posting you know but how do they track him down to from a live post you know what i mean and, and, and like i said if they got this technology if they doing this type of shit and y'all better beware, man. You know what I mean? Because it ain't him. He They just doing it, too. You know, um, that's wild. You know, this whole situation is wild how they got this dude, you know, and they saying it come from a, a, a live Instagram live type shit. So, man, if they can do that legally, you know what I mean? Then it's going to get real ugly out there. Well, I don't think it would be hard to find out if 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 the police are watching Boosie live in San Diego and and they know okay this looks like a bunch of bloods okay there's a you know there's a handful of blood neighborhoods uh, we we got patrol units on the streets right now um, any patrol unit just report if you see a bunch of cars double parked on on any any block out there with a whole bunch of people outside in the front because even though this is in the backyard somewhere you know there's about 20 20 homies out in the front on the sidewalk in the street right now at this at this moment yeah i can't buy that one alex you know what i mean i can't buy that one man you know uh this shit had to be somebody had to have some more knowledge than that somebody had to give them people more pinpoint than that you know what i mean it couldn't have just been off that that how i feel uh, it just couldn't have been off. No, man, he did a live and they went and found this dude. I, I don't believe that at all. I believe there's some help involved one way or the other from somewhere. You know, um, I, I, you know, to, 
for what they saying or what you saying, you know, they may how they may have found it, to put those kind of resources out there over a pistol case. I don't see it happening, you know. So I believe that somewhere, you know, somebody around him, man, could have been foul and faulty, man. You know, listen, man, you know, well, you already know I've seen friends, you know, wear wires. So I, I'm I'm convinced, man, that somebody in his clique or crew, um, whether it was a homie or security, somebody, man, I, I really feel, man, set this dude up or got this dude put in a situation. And um, I believe when he get a discovery, that shit going to really all come out. Yeah, that's what I was just just about to say, because once all that uh, all those paper, all that paperwork becomes public, uh, we'll find out. I do think it's possible that the police could have just pulled up on them just based on the attention that they created on the block that they were in. Because, you know, oh, Boosie's in town. You know how many people probably pulled up on that block? They probably shut down two blocks because Boosie was in town. And once the police, the, uh, the police are immediately going to say, wait, what's going on over here? And they call it into the to the station and they're like, you know what? That's probably Boosie's video shoot. But I understand, hey, maybe someone did tell. We'll find out real soon. Well, let's go back real fast and put it in that context that you just had. You got a great point that that I didn't look at it from that angle. Um if they were somewhere like this and the police rolled by and then they determined that this was Boosie, um, you know, his camp, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. They got Boosie out here. Okay. Police could have sit on that. Then the police, they could have went to his live like that. Said, man, let's check out, let's check out his live. And then when they seen the gun on the live, called their local station, the bird came up, followed the cars when they left up. Now that's a hundred percent you know how it happened. You know what I mean? I just was, you know, when I pictured it in my mind, it was just like they was rolling, going live. And then somehow this helicopter popped out the blue on them. No, but if you put it in a context like that, that they was hanging out somewhere, police rolled by a few times, noticed it was Boosie and his crew went to his Instagram, seen that, called their station locally and said, hey, man, put a bird in the air when he's do." That's easy to do. That ain't hard at all. You know, that's 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 actually real reality that could happen. You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, they could do that in any hood all day long, you know? So, um, if it, you, so by you putting it in that aspect and that content, I can, I can go for that all day long. I guess we'll find out real soon. Um, I know there's a lot of people on the internet already figuring it out, but I'm going to wait till the, till the paperwork come out and, uh, he starts going to court on this case. All right. Um, John Morant, man, 25 game suspension. Was it, was it fair or is, uh, is that too much? Um, I ain't going to call it fair at all. Um, what I do feel is, um, to me, 25 games ain't a, ain't a, ain't a life-changing uh, event. You know what I mean? You had a situation. You had one back-to-back. The NBA is a billion-dollar franchise, man, that tries to protect his, his credibility, his, 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 his protect their money at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Try to check their name, you know, their brand, basically. And uh, so at the same time, when you make the brand look bad, you know what I mean? Okay, we got to do something about it. So uh, 25 games suspension is what he got. You know, um, lost a lot of money, Alex. Uh, you have any idea about how much money he may have lost? $7.6 million is what he's going to lose on these uh, 25 games that he's out. Now, the thing about it is just real quick. I, I know you might got a clip to play, but check this out. You're going to lose $7.6 million over a $1,000 pistol, basically. You know, you're going to lose $7 million, $7.5 million on because you had a five, $600,000 pistol, bro. I mean, a $5,600 pistol, you know, and, 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 and that's where, homie, it's going to hurt him, like, 
I mean, you know, of course he might be papered up, but to lose seven million, man, I don't. I think anybody lose seven million, that's, that's they gonna be upset. Yeah, I got this clip of Colin Coward. Uh, he, he he's pretty. He he agrees with the suspension. Take a listen to what he had to say. So Adam Silver has been viewed through the years as sort of player friendly. Comes down, uh, it feels just about right to me. Twenty five game suspension for uh, Ja Morant, another transgression off the court. Adam Silver's quote, um, the potential for other young people to emulate Jaws' conduct is primarily, particularly concerning. Let me say that again. The potential for other young people to emulate his conduct. That's what worried the NBA. Now, it sends a message, obviously, to Jaw: Grow up. Now, you're the face of a franchise. Big boy jobs have, like, standards and repercussions for bad actions. You're a corporation. You're a franchise. Ditch some of your loser friends. They don't have your best interests at heart. That's the obvious stuff. And I often see young fans, not older fans, but young fans say stuff like, it doesn't matter. Come on, man. It's no big deal to you. You're not a star, a face of a franchise, or have a job that has really high standards. The first sign you have a good job in life, it has standards. A principal can't be getting DUIs. A school teacher can't be on OnlyFans. A senior vice president of marketing can't show up routinely late for big meetings. The second sign you have a really good job is that people look up to you, often young people like a school teacher or an NBA star. Yes, they look up to you, copy you, emulate you, and you have influence on people. Yes, you have influence. An NBA star, a school teacher, a principal, those people have influence, often on younger people. Okay. Younger That's, people uh, are followers. About two minutes of his three-minute rant. Um, I don't believe that brandishing a weapon, first of all, it's not illegal. We have uh, a thing called the Second Amendment that allows people to bear arms, especially if they have no criminal record. And it may have been silly in the way he did it. I don't think he needs to be lectured and berated the way Calvin Coward is doing and others. And I think Stephen A. also went in on him, too. Um, you know, I, I think that he has a right to... To, to have his weapon and as silly as it may have looked to show it on Instagram live, there's nothing illegal about it. And I don't think it compares to like a teacher, you know, doing pornography on OnlyFans. Uh, what, what say you, FG? Um, I, I, I'm opposite of those feelings, Alex. You know what I mean? I believe, you know, it's his responsibility, you know what I mean, as a young black man in his situation. Like they say, the face of a franchise, the face of a corporation, man, to you know, conduct yourself in an appropriate manner because it is, you know, uh, a lot of positive black kids that's that's following behind him. It's a lot of positive, not just black kids, kids, period, that's following him, watching him. And like he say, emulating him. I, I agree with that statement, even though I don't believe that's how they really felt. They just made a good ass statement based on because it did, do make some sense to me. You know, uh, people do emulate people, Alex. And, and unfortunately, you know, um, people have emulated me in the streets. I've emulated, you know, dudes in the street. You know what I mean? So um, for kids to watch this, you know, and that's trying to do right and trying to, you know, play hoops and trying to do it right. Yeah. When they see this, man, they they it, it, it confuses them. 
you know, so I believe that we do lead by example in the things that we do, man, the things that we say, the walk that we walk. I just believe um, not that the gun was illegal or not that he shouldn't have did it or nothing like that. But I do believe that in the capacity that he's in, the NBA star where, you know, you get millions of millions of positive people, millions of, of positive kids looking up to you. I just don't think it was a, a great look. I'm not talking about the legality of it. I'm not talking about the silliness of it or nothing like that. I don't think he had no ill intent at all. You know, they in the car clowning. So I get that point. But at the end of the day, man, you know, pe people do emulate people. And, you know, you will see, um, you know, people copy what NBA stars do, whether it's their earrings or whether it's their shoes or whether they it's their hair. You know, people copy and emulate, you know, these idolized professional athletes. So, um like I said, I don't think he did nothing wrong, but I do believe that somebody, you know, some kids will think that that's cool with ED. Okay, well, if 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 he has the power of to influence and people are going to emulate him, then why can't he just make a public statement and say, boys and girls, what I did on Instagram Live the other day was not the most appropriate thing to do. Uh, I take full responsibility in and what I did, and that is not the responsible way to handle a weapon, and then just go back to work. I agree with you on that. I, I could rock with you on that, you know, but un, un, unfortunately, like I say, when you get to talking about billions of dollars moving around, it's, it's money, Alex, you know what I mean? It's tarnishing the brand. You know, when somebody come work for Alex Alonzo, when somebody come work at work for Street TV, you know, be, let me be honest with you, you want them to conduct themselves in a certain kind of way when they got a Street TV shirt on, you know what I mean? You don't want to get nobody no Street TV shirt and next thing you know, they coming up out the window, busting on some dudes and, you know, with your, with your, with your product on, you know, and they work for you. I mean, that's just that's just really how it is, you know, so because uh, it brings you under the microscope, it brings your integrity under the microscope. And that's how the NBA, you know, feels about it. But I agree with you, man. He should just been able to give an apology, say, you know, listen, my bad. You know, I didn't conduct myself in an appropriate manner and go back to work, bro. You know what I mean? I lose a penny, you know, but. He just had a situation. These are young kids. You know, we, we talking from a, you know, a 50 year old aspect. You know, these young dudes, man, you know, they don't have that aspect. You know what I mean? They not thinking. That's the problem. You know, when people say, man, what, what was he thinking? He, he wasn't, you know. So, um, you know, uh, sometimes it do take a slap on the wrist, you know, in order for a dude to conduct himself right. So if this the slap on the wrist, Alex, that's going to make him go to his in, in, in his future, be as great as he can be run up the money, you know, for, for, for another decade or two, you know, so his whole entire generation of family could be took care of. Hey, then, man, that's what it took. Yeah, man. Uh, also, those 25 games will make him ineligible to to reach any sort of um, accomplishments because uh, you have to play, uh, I believe you got to play 57 games in the season to be eligible for the accomplishments. Damn. Like, let's say it's an all-star or, you know, the best defensive player of the year. So yeah, yeah. they're not only punishing him for the for, for the act, you know, the 25-game the punishment is more than just the 25 games. It's let's say he had the um, uh, the, he's the best defensive player of the year. Well, he won't be eligible for it because he didn't get to play enough games. Um, they could have suspended him for 24 games and then he would have been eligible. So they're really, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. It, it's a, it's a multiple, it's a multi-level leveled punishment. It's not just the games and the money, but it's all the, um, the accolades that he would have gotten playing a full season. So, 
uh, man, I hope he learns from it. And, um, you know, this guy is such a beast on that team. And uh, every time I watch him, I'm like, man, this dude, is he's the most dominant guy on the court when he's playing. So hopefully he gets back and uh, he won't be whipping out his gun on Instagram Live anymore. No All doubt. Right. Um, hey, did you uh, get it? Did you get to check out? Um, man, there was this New York case between a podcaster and a rapper. And I think this is a really important case to talk about because um, a lot of us, even here in L.A., we get into these Internet beefs, these Internet conflict. And it's it seems like we don't know how we don't know how to solve the conflict. We don't know how to solve the situation. And what happens is that we're going to we're going to cross paths one day. Uh, guy, guy A is going to see guy B somewhere. And if they don't address their conflict, What's going to happen is it's going to get real nasty like it got between between Troy Ave and Taxstone. And they met up in 2016 at a damn club. And I guess they did. I don't know if they knew they were going to be there or if it was kind of a surprise. But of course, they got to perform for they got to perform their tough act. And they both ended up pulling out guns and a shooting happened. And Troy Ave's bodyguard named Banger got killed. And Taxstone was just sentenced to 35 years in prison. And this was just all an online beef, FG. Um, it's, it's getting out of control. Well, shit, it been out of control, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, a lot of people, like you say, they, they, they do these internet beefs and they think it's all cool. They forget about it, you know what I mean? You know, not, not understanding that if you ain't the type of dude that's sitting in the house every day or hiding behind these computers all year long, you know what I mean? Then, bro, some shit can pop off, you know? Alex, you got to realize, man, you know, that, what, like I say, you always, we always held accountable for what we say, man. And, 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 and in LA and Compton and Watson, Long Beach, Linwood and all things that that nature you online talking shit homie you're going to bump into somebody somewhere you know what i mean you know and uh and uh and just like this like you say the tough fat got to keep going and somebody end up dead man you know a tax stone came out with 35 years on this over over internet beef homie. you know what i mean so you know that's wild yeah it says here manhattan judge on tuesday sentenced the rapper and podcaster tax stone to 35 years in prison following his conviction earlier this year on manslaughter charges over the 2016 fatal shooting of the rapper troy Ave's bodyguard during a ti concert at the irving plaza tax stone was convicted in March of shooting and killing 33-year-old Banga and seriously injuring three others, a crime that prosecutors said stemmed from Taxstone's long-standing feud with rapper Troy Ave, whose real name is Roland Curtis. And uh, what, what I didn't mention is that Troy Ave actually ended up testifying, <laughs> testifying against Taxstone. So there goes the whole tough man image when you come into court pointing fingers at, uh, you know, the person that pulled the gun out on you when you also pulled the gun out as well. No doubt. But if they would have just ran that fade, Alex, and, and walked it off, you know, somebody left with a busted lip, somebody left with a black eye, you know what I mean? Then none of these problems would exist right now. You know what I mean? You'll have a loser or a tie or winner or whatever, you know what I mean? And you go on about your day, you know? Uh, like you say, some of these dudes get into a beef and the first thing they want to do is, you know, start shooting, you know what I mean? And then, like you say, now, uh, 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 Troy Ave, you want to get up there and talk about it now, you know what I mean? So, you know, you should have thought about that shit, you know, and that's what pissed me off, you know. Um, you was there with your crew and put out your gun and you never tried to 
men to beef with this guy. I'm not even saying you was wrong because I don't know who was wrong or right or even what the original feud was over. But at the end of the day, man, this is how so much shit. There's a lot of testosterone, especially when you got them homies around. You know what I mean? So say if they was going to in a corporate building, going to, you know, uh, do their taxes or do something like that, man. And, and they bumped into each other on the elevator. How would that would have went? Would y'all would have got down or would y'all have been talking shit about uh, to each other, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes these dudes get these guns, Alex, you know what I mean? And they bigger than, you know, and then next thing you know, when somebody did, because, you know, you, you, you let your ego get involved or you let the crowd get involved. You know what I mean? These are the consequences, man. You know what I mean? So unfortunately, uh, tax don't got 35. Troy Ave got up there and talked about it. It's a lose lose. Yeah. And I think Troy Ave is um, going to get a, a much lesser sentence for his role in it. Um, and it's a little unfair because he ends up getting, well, he, he got to, here's, he, he, he controlled the narrative because, you know, uh, he decided to become a witness. He decided to tell the story the way, um, that would benefit him. And, uh, it made, it made Taxstone look like the bad guy when I feel like they were both, they're both equally bad guys or both equally responsible. But how does one guy come out with 35 years and and the other guy just come out with a, with a few years? It's crazy to me. No, it ain't crazy. You know how it go, man. Whoever had the best story, man, you know, and got up there and told it, got the less time. That's how it's being. That's how it's always being, you know. But like I say, you know, dudes want to be tough and then get up there and, 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 and then lose their credibility when they get up on that stand. You know what I mean? And, you know. Uh, they taking that red jacket. They taking that snitch jacket. They taking that, you know, that jacket now. You know what I mean? And uh, and uh, because they not trying to do this time. You ain't trying to do this time, man. Stay out of them beefs or work some shit out. Or most of the time, Alice, the shit ain't even that serious. It's over some words. You know what I mean? It's over somebody or some one of us said something about you know somebody. You know what I mean? And somebody didn't like it. You know what I mean? Called them on it. You know. Um, but like you say, you know, dudes ain't going to the, 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 the when dudes getting called out, they not even going to the fades. You know what I mean? So I just look at the tough shit, man, and be like, you know, so they, 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 um, like I said, they both lost on now. All right, man. Our final story, man, is about another guy that was talking a lot of tough stuff on the internet. Um, uh, a rapper out of Brooklyn named Casanova. He's done a few interviews here and there. Um, but, he got slashed in the Essex County Correctional Facility where he is awaiting uh, sentencing for uh, some federal drug offenses. And some people are judging him. Some people are maybe some people do understand him. And, and here's my question. Now, I understand when you're in trial, you got to clean up yourself as much as possible. You put on your suit, you put on your glasses, uh, you present, you put your best foot forward while you're in trial. Um and then you might say certain things that um, can you hear? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm listening. Then, then you might say some things to the judge um, just to help your case along. And, and I know some people try to distance themselves from the hood only for court reasons. Not that they really don't love the hood no more, but they know that if they say whatever they can say, this might help their case. So Casanova tells the judge, "I'm not in a gang anymore." And, um, you know, don't sentence me so severely. Uh, how do you look at that when a, a person is saying that? I believe he's saying it just for strategy purposes. You know, he doesn't want to get maxed out. Uh, he ain't the first one that's to do that. He ain't the last one. But to get slashed for it once he got to the uh, the uh, holding facility, um, was that was that severe? 
Well, yeah, it was severe. I mean, anytime you get slashed in the face or anytime you get stabbed or anytime you get shit, your ass whooped, you know, it's, it's a severe situation. You know what I mean? And the whole thing about it with me is this dudes going to court, talk about they not a gang member no more. You know what I mean? Pretty much what they call denouncing the gang. You know what I mean? And they doing this, Alex, and hope to get a lighter sentence. But at the same time, do you realize that the gang is in jail and where you finna be and at the prisons that you finna go? You know what I mean? And, and I don't get that point. You know, I can understand that you saying you're not a part of the gang no more or you're not gang banging anymore. You know, but you're always going to be a member, man. And that's what these dudes don't understand. And you getting up there saying that you denounced the gang. For one, I don't believe these people believe you anyway. They know you're just trying to get a lighter sentence. They really got you up there making a fool of yourself, homie, because when the homies hear about this, you can't get nothing from us no more. You can't come to our cell no more. You can't be in the cell with me. You can't get no food if you get hungry. You know, if somebody finna jump you, you can't, I ain't giving you no knife. I'm not helping you fight. I'm not doing none of that, homie. You denounce the gang. Now, if you come to jail and you don't want to bang per se, like you're not active, you, you know, actively involved, I get it. But you, but you going to show up to what we need to show up to. And, you know, we're going to handle this jail shit like me. And, you know, so when these dudes, Alex, go and denounce themselves, what I did here, though, is after he got slashed, though, he went and handled his business back and slashed the dude itself. So did you hear about that part? No, I didn't get that memo. Yeah, I, I read that somewhere. I don't uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not 100 percent true, but I I, uh, I heard this. What I, re I actually read it somewhere. I don't know if it was a, 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 a credible site, but I heard it after they slashed him. He went back and, and got on dude back. So I, uh, if that's the case, I mean, that's what it is. But, you know, a lot of shit going to come at that denouncing the game. All right. Let me Especially while you're in jail. You know what I mean? Well, I heard he, he was so severely injured. I don't know if he would have been capable of it, but you never know. People f uh, find the will and the way to, to get back. But I got this uh, final clip I want to play real quick regarding what happened to him and uh, in the Essex County facility. We're back with an I-Team exclusive, renewed scrutiny on escalating violence at the Essex County Correctional Facility after a former New York City rapper who was awaiting sentencing on federal drug charges got slashed in a vicious altercation with another inmate. It happened yesterday afternoon, and investigative reporter Sarah Wallace has inside information. Former Brooklyn rapper Casanova, whose real name is Coswell Sr., isn't going back to his hometown streets anytime soon. The self-proclaimed blood gang member who pleaded guilty to federal drug conspiracy charges last year was involved in a vicious fight yesterday at the Essex County Correctional Facility in Newark. These internal reports from correction officers say Sr. was slashed with a weapon by another inmate, Ulysses Lugo, and then chased him down with the help of others. We spoke with one officer who responded responded to the scene. I mean, Lugo, you couldn't see his face because he was saturated in blood. You couldn't see it at the time because his whole face was saturated in blood and his whole uniform was saturated in blood. And senior was sitting there and blood was just coming out of his face. A spokesman for the county told us this minor incident and whether weapons were employed is under investigation. Insiders tell us the unit was not searched last night or this morning, but in a recent interview with me, the director insisted they have implemented enhanced searches. We're doing the searches uh, two shifts a day. I'm doing everything that you can, from a correctional administrator handbook, 
done. And then there's the issue of officer training. Retired correction lieutenant Jim Teresi reiterated what we've highlighted in recent stories. We took a four-month officer with no academy training and we put her alone with 64 federal prisoners who she has no idea who they are or what they're there for. In January, state law will require correction officers to go through the police academy. Yeah, they're uh, criticizing the administration there in the story there. I'm going to pause it right there. But there's no way you can stop weapons in a correctional facility, FG. I'm sure you know firsthand it is impossible to prevent weapons from being present. No, no doubt, man. That's why, you know, you know, you, if, you, if you really listen to him, he didn't answer the question. <laughs> You know what I mean? They asked him, did he search the cell after the situation happened? You know what I mean? He said, well, you know, searches have been done. You know, I'm going by the administrator handbook. Man, he know what time it is. You know what I mean? This shit happens all the time. You know, just just happened to be a public dude. So they they found out, you know, shit happened all the time and it never, you know, hit the streets, you know, besides to the to the people, you know. So um, but at the same time, man, like I say, man, um. Alex, to be honest with you, I don't think, though, if the staff, I mean, if the, him getting into it with dude was because of the denouncing the gang, though, you know what I mean? I think they threw that in there, Alex, as a, they threw it in there, but they didn't say that's because why, why it happened. You know what I mean? So um, um, let me be clear on that part. You know, I did notice when I was reading, they kept it separate. So I can't say to somebody because he denounced the game. That's why somebody did. He could have had some other beef with somebody or it was another situation that somebody wanted to get at him. And uh, but at the same time, man, you know, like I said, I've seen this happen, you know, plenty of times for various reasons, you know. But uh, I, I could tell you this, that the, the prison start operating under normal operating procedures shortly after. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, I listened to this story before, and I think listening to it right now, it seems like the guy that did the stabbing, Lugo, did get stabbed back, like you said earlier. Yeah, no doubt. I thought I heard yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So the um, uh, uh, last thing I wanted to mention is that I guess, what's his name, um, Casanova, he took a, he, he pled guilty because, check this out, I was looking at the, um, I was looking at the indictment. And the indictment actually had his name listed on there as facing facing a life sentence um, along with a whole bunch of other guys. So his name is Caswell Sr. That's Casanova. And mm -hmm. the max term imprisonment for what he was looking at was life in prison, man. And I mean, I don't really think selling drugs on the streets whatever he was doing i don't care if he had a bird i don't care if it's two birds um how do the feds justify trying to pass out these life sentences well you know what actually it's it's a it's a, it's a terminology alex you know what i mean because it also says it's a max term you know what i mean my indictment came with a 10 to life you know um on it and the first time my grandmother actually came to one of my court dates they stated that in life you know your honor this guy is looking at a a, a, a sentence between 10 and life, his statute is a, a 10 to life. And all she heard was the life, you know what I mean? So, you know, um, these guys um, um, can get less, you know, depending on what their role was and uh, the situation. Like I said, I'm not familiar with the whole scene, but it's a lot of co-defendants on that case, man. That's a lot of people, you know, so. Um, and I don't know what Casanova's role was in the, in the crime itself, but you know what I mean? I believe that they can come out, um, come out, come out with less than a life sentence if it ain't no murder. 
you know, if they don't specifically have a murder on their case. I know one of the guys do, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, he pled guilty and it says here that he's facing a max of 60 years, which he's probably not going to get 60 years. But um, he's definitely going to do some time and his rap career is pretty much going to be put to a halt for however long he's going to be in prison. And this is another guy that was uh, tough talking on the Internet. And it, it seemed like he was making his money as a rapper, but obviously he was supplementing his income by drug trafficking. No doubt, you know, unfortunately, you know, the way these prices is, how high it's cost of living is out here, man. I feel you got to supplement it, man. But, you know, I guess they just got caught up in a big ring, a big sting, man. And and now they're looking at a bunch of time. So, you know, I hope they come out the best, man. Like I say, this ain't no, um, you know, the drugs and shit like that, man. I don't think some people should be even get that kind of time off drugs. You know, me personally, you know, you didn't get caught, get caught with a warehouse full or you know, you know, I, I just I just think the time that they're giving out is ridiculous, Alex. All right, man. Uh, tell the people where they can find you and you, you just put up some new content. Um, let us know. Yeah, man, I'm back at it on FG Unleashed, man. I got two brand new videos up there, man. Come over there on YouTube to FG Unleashed. Check it out. Come on Instagram, FGeneral1. You know, I'm ramping this thing back up, man. You know, it's summertime. Let's get cracking. And uh, where you at over there, Alex? You can find me at AlexAlonso101 on all social media platforms, Twitter and Instagram. Shout out to the podcast listeners listening to us on Spotify, iHeart, Google, and Apple. And if you're on that Apple podcast listening right now, make sure you leave us a question and a rating, and we'll be sure to tap back at tap back at with you with a good answer on the next episode and uh thanks for listening to another fire episode of streets and scholars we